So the Philippines leads as the largest nation block of semen in the world. Interesting. And Enrique, or Ewang, likely a Filipino seaman, may well be the first to circumnavigate the world by default. Yet, you don't see history books giving him that credit, do you? Imagine that. However, did you know Columbus recorded he was headed to the area now known as the Philippines? Well, if you didn't know this, this will be a real eye-opener. Because he wasn't trying to, nor did he ever think he discovered America. Welcome to 100 Clues. The Philippines is the ancient land of gold, known as Ophir in the Bible and history. No, it's no fable. And this has already been proven in full in the God Culture Solomon's Gold series at the request of many viewers, and I mean many. We have pulled out 100 compelling clues, really proofs or evidences from this research in which we will highlight briefs of the most compelling points. And yes, there are over 100. These videos are for those who have not had time to watch Solomon's Gold series and easy to share to friends and family, especially skeptics whom we welcome. This brief video cannot replace that 50-video series, nor prove the way that it does, but this will be very effective nonetheless. So go there for full evidence, but now, part 24 of our series, 100 Clues the Philippines is Ophir, one clue at a time. Why did you wish to sail west? To open a new route to Asia. Asia is the richest kingdom, the land of spices and gold. At the moment, there are only two ways of reaching it. By sea, sailing around the African continent, the journey takes a year, or by land. But the Turks have closed this route to all Christians. There is a third way. By sailing west across the ocean sea. The distance is unknown. It's said to be infinite. infinite. Superstition. I believe the Indies are no more than 750 leagues west of the Canary Islands. Can you be so certain? The calculations of uh, Toscanelli, Maradotti, Esdras. Esdras is a Jew. So what's worse? Two minutes, and already you're a dead man. For telling the truth? Yes. We are burning people for less. We are going to explore multiple sources which record Columbus used the Book of Second Esdras, which, by the way, was found in the 1611 King James. Uh, in fact, the 1611 King James records in the margin note that Messiah actually quoted Second Estrus. That's fact. We actually have that on our Facebook for anyone that wants to see it. Uh, we haven't done a video on that, but we will get to Second Estrus in time. We've covered Jubilees in detail so far. But he believed from Second Estrus that the lost tribes of Israel could be found. Where? Well, the same place as Ophir and Tarshish. He studied Isaiah as well as Kings and Chronicles and really all of the Ophir, Tarshish, Bible passages in order to locate 
in his research before his journey, Ophir and Tarshish in Southeast Asia. He did this before his journey, and that was his destination. Well recorded, not America. Anyone that says otherwise has really just failed to read up on Columbus's writings, in fact. This first reference, which we source every slide so you can find these for yourself and verify and even read the whole books in context if you can, which we encourage all to prove all things, is from Columbus and the participation of the Jews in the Spanish and Portuguese discoveries. Now, if you are wondering, yes, Columbus was a Murano or Converso Jew, and many books prove that. We're not going to go there in this uh, particular video, but we do prove it in full in our Lost Tribe series, part two. But these authors certainly agree with that supposition as fact. From the Stanford report, in fact, it was Solomon's supposed wealth that drove Christopher Columbus toward America, looking for the wellspring of Solomon's golden treasure in the biblical Tarshish and Ophir. Columbus decided to take a shortcut to the east, circumventing all the intractable political problems in the Middle East. And he wasn't the only one, that is for sure. Many followed, looking for the same exact thing, meaning Columbus did not find it. See, that's how that works. It is said that when landing on the shores of modern-day Honduras in Panama, Columbus happened across a native who when asked by a translator where they were, managed to mumble something that sounded like Ophir. Soon thereafter, Columbus dispatched a letter to Ferdinand and Isabella to place Solomon's gold at their disposal, wrote Weitzman. He's the author of the book they're quoting. So where was Columbus headed again? He was headed to Southeast Asia, to the Philippines, in fact. Still called Ophir and Tarshish, at that time, according to history. Go find another nation in all of history that actually bore those names historically and factually. You will not. Smithsonian Magazine, Columbus made four voyages to America, during which he explored an astonishingly large area of the Caribbean and a part of the northern coast of South Africa. Why would he keep exploring so much? Well, because he didn't find what he was looking for. And deep down, whether he ever admitted it, I'm sure he knew it. At every island, the first thing he inquired about was the gold. Why? He was going to Ophir. That's why. Which is known for gold. Taking heart from every trace of it, he found. And at Haiti, he found enough to convince him that this was Ophir. Well, unfortunately, Espanola was not Ophir, and it did not have anything like the amount of gold that Columbus thought it did. The pieces that the natives had at first presented him were the accumulation of many years. So it took them many years in order to gather that much gold. That was not exactly a great find. But where did Columbus till his dying day, believed that he was not America. He thought he was in the Philippines, in Ophir, Tarshish, and we'll show you even the Garden of Eden. Yes, 
Columbus believed that too. Evenhistory.com after sailing across the Atlantic Ocean. Italian explorer Christopher Columbus cites a Bahamian island believing he has reached East Asia. Exactly. He did not know he was in America and would have been extremely disappointed to find out he never made it to Ophir. His expedition went ashore the same day and claimed the land for Isabella and Ferdinand of Spain, who sponsored his attempt to find a western ocean route to China, India, and the fabled gold and spice islands of Asia. Yeah, Ophir. Columbus met with King John II of Portugal and tried to persuade him to back his enterprise of the Indies, as he called his plan. It's so well overwhelmingly recorded that's where Columbus was going, not to America. Columbus cited Cuba, which he thought was mainland China. Obviously, he was wrong. And in December, the expedition landed on Hispaniola, which Columbus thought might be Japan. Well, this reference is even wrong because it's Sapangu, which, by the way, is not necessarily Japan. Although it sounds like it, we would agree. It might actually still refer to the Philippines because it is a land of gold, specifically. But we're not covering that in this video. See, Columbus's research was actually very good in locating Ophir and Tarshish and the Garden of Eden. But his navigation, not so much. Another book, The Jews and Their Expansion of Europe to the West. I know, we keep seeing a common theme here. Yes, many explorers were Jews, as were the initial Jesuits, and even the pirates of the Caribbean, and the Barbary pirates, all Jews especially. So these authors are accurate in their portrayal. Look that up and see for yourself. That's a good topic to research. Again, we cover that more in our Lost Tribe series. Same verse from Chronicles, moreover, is quoted by Columbus in a postal to the Historia Rerun, along with a long excerpt copied out of Josephus' discussion of Solomon's fleet and its voyages to Ophir. Now, we cover this in Solomon's Gold series. Josephus believed Ophir was in the Indies, not mainland India, and that Ophir was the Greek Christ land of gold, which there were maps to the Philippines as Christ or Ophir in his era, which we showed you multiple times, even in this series so far. Evidently, Columbus has done considerable research on the location of Ophir and Tarshish. Indeed, he did, and his research was actually accurate on that vein, just not the whole distance thing, in an effort to prove to himself that the two places were one, because they are, by the way. And again, the map from 43 AD especially really nails that down. But so does the Bible, and we'll get there too. And that they lay so far to the east that a ship sailing westward could reach them. Again, his geography, not so great, but, to be fair to the man, no one had reached them from the west as of yet in history. 
And as a result of his voyage, they knew they had two continents in the way and that there was no path where he landed and explored. His finding, America, though was certainly not his aim, nor the king of Spain's, who continued to hire explorers to go to Tarshish and Ophir long after Columbus, meaning it was not Spain nor Britain. And the British well know this. After he had himself made that westward crossing, moreover, Columbus remained focused on King Solomon and Ophir in his thinking about where he had gone and what he had found. So he thought he was in Ophir. He wasn't, but he thought he was. Therefore, everything that he said, that he wrote, that he found in conclusion is based on him thinking he was in the East Indies, in Ophir, in the Philippines. Now, according to Peter Martyr, Columbus identified the island of Hispaniola with Ophir very early on in this thought process, perhaps at the first moment of discovery. Yeah, because that's where he thought he headed. And other evidences attest that the idea stayed with him over the course of his life. See, Columbus never knew he landed in America, and he messed up history by claiming he did because he didn't. Some try to seize on that claiming no fear is in America, as well as the Garden of Eden, for that matter. But they ignore that Columbus did not believe he was in America. Therefore, that whole narrative is false from the beginning. He was naming things based on his pre-research, thinking he was in Southeast Asia. In an undateable postal, he wrote in his copy of Pliny's Natural History. Pliny is the great historian who has tons of information about that era of Ophir and Tarshish and even the time of Messiah all the way through. He spoke of the first place he had found in the New World as Fete, the origin of the modern name Haiti, or Ophir or Sepangu, to which I have given the name Spagnolia or Espanola. Now, Columbus's 10-year insistence that Hispaniola was really Ophir or Upas, ah, see, Columbus did his research, he knew Upas was Ophir, without concordances and without all of the tools that we have today. That's actually pretty brilliant. That was a good job. Or Sepangu. Now, again, we haven't covered that yet. But is Sepangu actually not Japan, but actually Ophir? No, Sepangu to Columbus was not Japan, but the same place as Ophir and Upaz in this reference and others, which we have shown you are the very same place, Ophir and Upaz. Also notice he knew Tarshish was a different island, but in the same area. He knew Second Esdras identifies the lost tribes of the northern kingdom as migrating to this same land. And he believed the Philippines was also the Garden of Eden as well. Now, was Columbus just crazy? Actually, no. His research on those particular locations was accurate. He just 
didn't know how wide the seas were and how far the distance really was. And of course, he never landed there. One explorer took these separate legends and connected the dots. His intention was to sail west from Europe to find the Garden of Eden itself. His name? Christopher Columbus. Christopher Columbus, first and foremost, was searching for a water trade route to Asia. Uh, but in the back of his mind, as, as he went on these voyages, he also, according to some of his letters and some of his documents, was searching for the Garden of Eden. Columbus believed he could reach Asia by traveling west, but he also knew that Eden was on the border of Asia. On his third voyage in 1498, Columbus made a discovery that to him must have been akin to a miracle. Christopher Columbus claimed to have found the Garden of Eden in Venezuela, in a place called Paria. He saw a set of mountains in the distance and a lush tropical landscape that to him seemed to suggest he had in fact located the Garden of Eden. Columbus was convinced of his success because the land he found matched every description of Eden from the pages of the Bible to medieval legends. He saw the physical signs that to him indicated the Garden of Eden was there. And these signs included the mountain that was partially hidden by clouds, the temperature which was neither too hot nor too cold, when he saw the Orinoco River emptying there into the sea, uh, the mass of water so inspired him that he thought maybe he had discovered the entrance to the Garden of Eden. And in his letters written during that second voyage, he indicated that he regretted not being able to explore it further. In his letters, Columbus speculated that the exotic tropical plants he saw were the forbidden fruit eaten by Adam and Eve. Christopher Columbus is someone who I believe was capable of enormous self-deception. This is a man who seems incredibly stubborn and also someone who is not willing to let the facts interfere with what he thinks is right. Columbus did in fact believe he had found the Garden of Eden until he died. Here's a map from 1507, basically at the end of Columbus's era, before Magellan, which shows the East Indies Indonesia, especially with China above, but connected to Greenland as if the Americas did not exist. Columbus has no idea that he found two continents at that time. You can see South America there, but you can't see North America, even Canada, really at all. He thought he was in the East Indies, specifically the Philippines. We are taught this, but then somehow we listen to these colonial narratives that end up with Ophir and Tarshish in America. And some even claim, oh, Tarshish is Britain or Tarshish is Spain. Well, then why did they hire explorers to go find Tarshish if they were already Tarshish? It doesn't make sense. He called Ophir, Tarshish, Upas, even Supangu as Spaniola. It was not but the fact he thought they were, altogether tells us much in his research, which was actually pretty good along those lines. He then called Paria, Venezuela, the Garden of Eden. A beautiful place, no doubt. Garden of Eden, no, it was not. 
as he was in the wrong place for his own research to fit. We drew a big red dot where Columbus thought he landed in the Philippines. But we do not need to just take Columbus's word and research for this. Nope, no need at all. We'll cover Magellan, Barbosa, the King of Spain, Sebastian Cabot, and Pigafetta next. This was no mystery, and they all knew Columbus did not locate Ophir as they kept looking for it for many, many journeys. The really funny thing is the Portuguese took Indonesia in about 1511, 10 years before Magellan, and yet they were unable to conquer Ophir, nor is there any record they even tried. I wonder why. They were already there, and we'll show you they knew where Ophir was, according to Barbosa. Exact, in fact. Well, that would be because Ophir was a force to be reckoned with back then that detoured them from trying, as it already had a navy and a large one. And we will get there soon in the next videos. Allowing it to just sit for Spain to attempt to take was not because they did not want it, and they certainly knew it was Ophir. Now we'll show you, but it is because they knew it would take a larger force that they did not have. It's so odd, these narratives are framed so poorly today by academia, who's supposed to know things that they just don't seem to know. And our children are being taught lies, unfortunately. Controlled narratives meant to keep the Philippines especially down. And even Filipinos are teaching this to their own people many times. Not because they do so maliciously, but because they buy a paradigm. It's much like Stockholm Syndrome. And we have heard from some that will try to debate on this, yet never with actual facts. Just control narratives, and we dismantle those here. Even after that, they are left with, Nuh-uh, and some are passionate to defend that Nuh-uh. But this will not last, as the Philippines will awaken and rise, because Messiah said so himself. And we'll show you that too. As we keep saying, there is no debating the Philippines is the land of gold in all of history. It is time this knowledge be restored. For those about to comment in ignorance, yep, we always get them. We dare you to watch Solomon's Gold series by the God Culture, the original channel, to prove the Philippines is in fact Ophir. Even here, we are breaking these into sound bites and clear points. But watch how all 100 clues tie together in history, the Bible, science, geography, language, etc. And this series will blow you away. Thank you for watching 100 Clues. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel. Don't forget to click the bell and like us on our new Facebook, The God Culture Space hyphen Space Original. If you wish to skip ahead, go to the God Culture YouTube channel and watch their Solomon's Gold series in English or Tagalog. There will be a link on the next screen. We can know this truth and be confident this belongs to the Philippines, and no one can disprove it. Until next time.